Good morning. You're listening to Wake the F Up on 101.5 UMFM, your local feminist radio show, or one of them. Um, my name is Christina. I use pronouns she, her, and I have a guest with me here today. Hi, I'm Clara. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. And Absolutely. my pronouns are she and her. The UMFM 101.5 broadcasts from the stolen lands of Anishinaabeg, Nihaiwak, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. We respect the treaties that were made on these territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past and those that are still ongoing in the present. We acknowledge our privilege as settlers on this land, and we dedicate ourselves to move forward in partnership with Indigenous communities in a spirit of decolonization and collaboration. So today we are asking the question, can veganism be intersectional? And before we start, Clara, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I just moved back to Winnipeg. I came here firstly two years ago and actually studied at U of W. And next to that, I'm... Um, Where'd you come from? I know I um, know, but... Yeah, from Germany. <laughs> so yeah, excuse my horrible English here. You're mm. so hard on yourself. Your, your English is great. <laughs> okay, sure. Fluent English, studied at U of W, and I'm also an animal rights activist. Awesome. So I think you are the perfect person to talk to about this because you are by far the person that I have met that has the most undying compassion towards animals. That's true, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Still very compassionate towards the animals. Yeah. I think I've always been. I heard I've even convinced you to consider vegetarianism there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Folks, you're you're hearing that correctly. Clara was the one that convinced me to go vegetarian almost two years ago. You're here. (laughs) <laughs> and still going strong yeah so I've I've been vegetarian myself for almost two years and uh, I try to make more vegan options wherever possible in my life so proud of you thank you <laughs> and uh, I'm yeah. how long have you been vegan? Uh, vegan now for about four years mm-hmm. but before that I've already been vegetarian for ever since I've been 12 around that age yeah oh wow yeah pretty early and definitely the first in my very small village where I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had no role models whatsoever. It was just me realizing why would I eat some animals and love the others. Right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a really good point. Why do we do that indeed? Yeah. <laughs> um, and same. Why do we do that with humans? Right. Oh, yeah. Men and women, like good and bad people. It's right, yeah. You're drawing on the point how we place value judgments on people based on which social classes they fit into. Mm-hmm. And we definitely do the same thing to animals. Yep, which is why, absolutely, the question that you raised in the beginning, I think veganism can just be an extension of feminism, like of a compassionate lifestyle. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I want to come back to that point where we're talking about how we place different value judgments on different animals. But I wanted to talk a little bit about where we went last weekend. For sure. We just went to the Veg Fest, which is your local go-to festival for vegan food, but also really great talks from famous personalities that mm-hmm. come from all over the country and even further away to talk about how they came to veganism, talk about their experiences with activism. It's a lot to learn about. There was so much there. I'm, I'm actually still overwhelmed. And it's it's mm-hmm. really fantastic because it it's not even just about food. Like they had a vegan tattoo artist there and mm-hmm. it, like I talked to them yeah. and I didn't even know that so many of the things that go into tattoos 
are not vegan. Yeah, it's everything really. It's products that you don't even think about that have animal products in them. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of health booths we've also seen. Mm-hmm. A lot of food, obviously, but clothing. Like yeah. vegan, veganism is not just about the food, what most people think of, mm-hmm. but about so much more. It's an entire lifestyle. It's what you mm-hmm. wear, what you what you do, uh, like everything you contribute to. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I remember one of the things, like the the talk we went to by the the author of The Gentle Barn. I don't remember her name at the mm-hmm. moment, like Ellie uh, something. Ellie something, yeah. Yeah, Ellie something, She yeah. was the founder of um, a sanctuary in California, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so touching. Yeah, I, I, I cried. Yeah, same, I, yeah, same. I think most people in that room cried. I wasn't expecting it to be quite as moving as it was. I was... Yeah. I kind of walked in. I won't lie. I was like, oh, wow. She seems mm. really passionate. Like, like even me. My Facebook feed is full of just animal animal videos, mostly corgi videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's mostly also like documentaries about like short clips from sanctuaries. I see that all the time. But mm-hmm. actually listening to someone who's who's been there, who's yeah. made that become her dream. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to, yeah, to really cry. Beautiful. It was it was really great. Yeah, so um, would really recommend to check that out. And it, uh, yeah, yeah. The reason that I, I I'm bringing that up is one of the things that she said is that every day you're voting with your dollars. Mm-hmm. So every day that you put your money towards products that are using animals or animal products, you're yeah. voting with your dollars. So that's that's the reason that I wanted to bring her up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to the point of how there's there's so much good stuff that we saw at Winnipeg Veg Fest. If you actually follow their Instagram, it's just Winnipeg Veg Fest. They created many posts and little descriptions of all of the businesses that had booths there and you can scroll through you can find that vegan tattoo artist you can find all of those like awesome food companies the clothing companies everything if you're looking for more local options to uh to how to improve your your own vegan lifestyle yeah check out that local vegan community of yours it's quite active and Mm -hmm. growing Mm mm-hmm yeah, so this is the Yeah, I wasn't expecting yeah. uh, I wasn't expecting so much in Winnipeg actually cuz I went to the very first Veg Fest and now it's just 4 years ago, right? 2 years ago. 2 it's, years. It's oh, the third, wow. the third now. Okay. The third. okay. Um yeah, and now seeing it grow, it's really You said it was like twice the size yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, already. That's really Yeah, exciting. just seeing so many like-minded people on one space at one space. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we can sort of dive into the thousand and one thoughts we have about veganism mm-hmm. um i know that the number one thing that certainly comes to mind in my social circles and probably the number one thing that comes to mind in in my mind is how many indigenous communities around the world have been consuming animals sustainably for thousands of years mm-hmm. and where does veganism fit into that well, obviously, it's not veganism because you're consuming animal products. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can really take them as a role model of seeing how you can just interact with your environment more mindful and live a more sustainable lifestyle, right? Because even though they eat off of land, they're doing it in the way that they're using all of the different parts of the animals, which is totally like even me as a hardcore vegan, I, I totally understand that they they value all of what they take from they really yeah they really honor the animal Mm -hmm. and it's seen as 
like you know their energy is taken from them but it's also like it comes right back into the community I agree that's mm-hmm. that's said really beautifully and I think that's really important I know that for me personally my big thing is against the animal suffering yeah and of course the mass factory farming industry it's the factory yeah. farming like whenever I do street activism it's not like I tell people you have to go vegan from one day to another but it's just being aware is the first step like looking at where does the products where do the products come from that you're using like what are you actually contributing to right Mm -hmm. um so many people are just looking at is it cheap does it taste good Mm -hmm. uh that's it but you got to take into consideration what's the background of that what's the entire cycle that's involved there yeah what's what's the whole picture of Mm -hmm. of where the product is coming from yeah Mm -hmm. let's talk more about feminism shall we sure um (laughs) I mean, I guess all of this is a feminist analysis. It but, is. But yeah, yeah no, I'll, no, I'll but, go off. Um, yeah. Before that talk, I never really thought about how much how much parallels there are, actually. Because mm-hmm. both having a feminist mindset and being a vegan makes a lot of sense because you are just a more compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Or you already, in, you already made the step to decide to not support inequality anymore mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's just an extension there of not a just compassionate worldview yeah, yeah and not just not just seeing how people are treated differently but how we do the same with animals right how there's pets and farm animals and for the ones like what an important point mm-hmm. why why are we actually okay with eating cows and chickens but having cats and dogs in right? our home it's so weird It is so strange. Even just looking at different countries, like for them in Asia, it might be okay to eat cats and dogs. While in India, cows are being held as holy creatures, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. like that even seems weird to us. Yeah. It's just the the cultural environment that you're growing up with, really, that, that makes it weird or not. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. This may be a bit of a tangent, but I remember when we went to um, the official animal rights march, Mm -hmm. there was that one speaker of the lady. She was traveling somewhere in Asia Mm -hmm. and she like had these two rescue dogs. Yeah. And they like disappeared one day. Right. Yeah. Because there's a lot of illegal trade of them for their meat right. yeah yeah sorry i don't mean to be a downer i just i know that our no, listeners it's a depressing topic it, for it sure. is yeah and i know that you like to have a more positive approach and i know oh, that yeah. everyone who thinks about this and you've said this to me a thousand times people already know they already know about the atrocities they've already thought about this weird dissonance. i think so uh at yeah. least in this country people are educated enough now like the environment and climate issues are becoming more present people are also more aware of how factory farming contributes to that. Yeah. So I don't think there needs to be more pictures shown and more like shocking content delivered, but just mm-hmm. more compassion spread. More more actual ways shown of what can you do as an individual to change that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so true. Well, another really important point I think that I would love to explore is the fact that for some people it's more difficult to make vegan or uh, vegetarian choices due to medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, example, well, I'm not yeah. I'm not a health expert for sure, and I don't want to say that vegetarian diet or a vegan diet would be healthy for anyone. I believe there might be very 
severe health conditions that do in fact make it complicated. Mm -hmm. But I just know from what science has shown so far, there's definitely proof that a vegetarian or a vegan diet does reduce a lot of health risks. Like you have a lower risk of diabetes, of heart disease. Yeah, I, I get you. Like in general, I think that's another thing that people yeah. are generally aware of. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I know that uh, it's good for your health. It's good for your health. There yeah. we go. And yeah. that's that's a thing we know. And it's just um, it's just something that really needs to be hammered down. And what's interesting is also the health aspects. One of the things that makes it difficult for people to digest that information is in really like patriarchal and hypermasculine circles such as my coworkers this mm-hmm. summer, which I love to talk about. Or just even the camping trip that I went on. Yeah, you like, went on a camping tro- trip with a, you know, with a bunch of people who lived in small towns in like Alberta and BC. Yep, yeah, who were still, well, obviously connected to the nature a lot, which is good, but also not being very aware of what they're taking from and like, they think that eating tofu makes you a pussy. Like that's <laughs> literally like yeah. just quoting them directly. There yep. is still a very prevalent and even if like you and I don't see it and even if the majority of our viewers are lucky enough to not be around the social mm-hmm. circles that And they don't even know what it that, is. Like it's just a yeah. bean. Like for the ones who don't know, tofu is made from soybeans and a lot of guys out there definitely like beans. But tofu? Oh, hell no. They would never touch that. <laughs> oh, no, no. Because, right. you know, that, w- that would make them gay or something. Oh, yeah. Just all these strange... We should, we should make meat gay, though. That's actually a pretty good solution, I find. To... <laughs> no, that would actually You're going to have to so... explain that. The gayification of meat, would <laughs> that would save our world. Yeah. Please go on. <laughs> well, if the gayification of meat i'm living (laughs) right now please continue well if we kind of reveal that misconception that meat is so healthy and giving you so much proteins and making you more masculine but in fact reverse that to saying how much rainbow I don't know, rainbow vibes are involved in there. No, people would be would be super scared of it, you know. And then that's true. Just convince people that eating meat makes them gay. You know, there's a double entendre that I won't go into further elaborating, but just I'll just say it slowly. Eating meat makes you gay. So I'll just yeah, we could totally peddle that idea, and if we just create that association, <laughs> gayification. Totally. Yeah, yeah, that would be a great solution. Yeah, 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 they yeah. they literally think that if they don't eat five steaks a day, that they're just going to mm-hmm. dr- to drop dead. And what's funny is, you know, they claim I, I can't count how many times in a day I heard the word protein. Mm-hmm. I Yet- just got this little card from the VegFest. Uh, that's amazing. I, I'll keep that in my in my pocket all the time now. It just asks where do you get your protein from, and mm-hmm. then you can unfold it and it little lists diagrams. all the yeah, and and it lists all the the great veggies that do have a lot of protein. Yes, veggies, beans, like peas, lentils, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all excellent There's sources. There's lots of options, yeah. And that's that's probably my number one kind of activism advice that I give to people. There's just no need to eat meat because there's so many plant alternatives nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that a, a big point that a lot of people come back to is the classism aspect, uh, mm-hmm. accessibility and economics. Like, is it expensive? 
I know for sure that if you start churning to all those, you know, fancy gourmet... It can be, yeah. I think every product can be expensive if you buy it for some kind of brand aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. Or get a, a really specific kind of a certain famous person, whatnot, for sure. But there's also a lot that has always been there that is super easy to grow with which you can cook in such a diversity. So many different kinds of potatoes and pasta and rice dishes and beans beans i can't speak exactly. highly enough about beans everyone All that knows me stuff. knows intensely about my obsession with beans. yeah you're an adventure bean <laughs> <laughs> hashtag blessed <laughs> but yeah i think that's really well said it is affordable for everyone really it is actually affordable for everyone mm-hmm. and i think that's actually kind of one of the myths that can be pretty quickly tamed like i think this was mm-hmm. even one of the points that i brought up when you were when you were talking to me about vegetarianism oh, I don't before. Even remember that it was this was one of the things okay. that stuck with me you mm. were like i was like isn't it really expensive okay. you know you have yeah, to start yeah. paying for all these fancy alternatives mm. and you were like no like Not what really, about when you right? go to a sandwich shop and then you get the option that doesn't have meat it's usually cheaper yeah yeah and then when you go and if you like instead of buying those mm-hmm. you know big ten dollar steaks in the store you can just buy like you know several cans of beans or and even at the fast food places now which it's still not most healthy probably but it's where a lot of people get their their daily food from uh, and now they just introduce the Beyond Burgers to so many fast food restaurants which is so exciting like that's a huge achievement it's cheaper than their regular burgers there you go yeah I think that'll be that'll hopefully be the solution in the end Unfortunately not because people decide to be compassionate, but because they just want to save money. And at some point, hopefully, they'll just be cheaper alternatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was a myth that you hammered out pretty quickly for me. Like, mm. it's it's actually, at least in our, like, I can only speak from my, you know, my economic standing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just working class. Poor uh, student. Uh, working class, like, freshly ex-student mm-hmm. and you know living in Winnipeg and that's just the case for me it was absolutely easier and cheaper for me personally to you know make more vegetarian and vegan options yeah. um, a really important point that I think is worth mentioning mm-hmm. we had this discussion on Facebook with uh, with my friend Angie and she was you know she was of course agreeing with you know the compassionate aspect towards animals but she was also bringing up a lot of important points okay. so when we brought up the uh, economic aspect uh what was it let's see here she was talking about focusing on food deserts so not so much an accessibility issue but there are places where there's really no options and just like no food in general so that's mm-hmm. <clears throat> no i i do acknowledge that veganism is definitely an odd an option in different countries in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah for sure do you need the land to grow vegetables on Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some countries they they definitely don't get the fancy alternatives we get here in their supermarkets so it's not like i'd easily say everyone can go vegan Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and even though you do have the resources out there i think it's still it also was a process for me it took me years to cut down on the products and also just deal with your social environment that's also a big part it's a lot of people just stigmatizing you and like asking you yeah it's it's a process to get there yeah and I think that's probably the most important aspect like it probably just feels like I'm just absolutely interrogating you right now but you know I just really wanted to hash this out because Mm -hmm. I think and myself included it, it can be really scary to have this conversation and I think I've been scared to have this conversation with a lot of people just because there's so many considerations here. It's 
because we know like yeah actually we should focus on like starvation you know objectively speaking is a bigger issue Mm -hmm. like starvation of like you know the majority of the world's population it is a bigger issue than agriculture and you know the animals that are being killed but this Mm. is still an issue and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it yeah we should focus on starvation but we should also focus on animal rights so that's yeah yeah i would just say you should do whatever is possible to you and your environment right yeah exactly and i think to anyone that's thinking about this at any point smaller steps are always if you can't do one thing do another so like Mm -hmm. with my friend that was talking to us about how she can't process what is it she can't process non-heme iron Mm -hmm. she's required to get her iron from animals and she's been trying for years she's tried Mm -hmm. you know supplements she's tried beans she's tried spinach she's tried all that it hasn't worked for her and she figured out that she has this medical issue where she's not able Mm -hmm. to process iron that doesn't come from cows so it's like okay if you gotta do it you gotta do Mm. it absolutely yeah but when again i'm not a health expert i I can tell her what's best in her condition to Mm do Mm -hmm. i just know it is healthier to eat less meat and even just a reduction of it is a great direction to go to exactly even a reduction out Mm -hmm. of it and even if that isn't possible like just look at your shampoo products look at your soap products like all of that yeah yeah and I know Entire lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. And like I know there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. We know that. Mm-hmm. We're so aware of that. Mm-hmm. Like if we're not contributing to the animal industry, we're contributing to some other multi million dollar sure. exploitative thing. It's exploiting humans in some way. Like we're so keenly aware of that. We get it. But the fact is the more people that go vegetarian, the more people that go vegan, like this is like the most effective way for an individual to do a silent protest. And I like I myself, I'm not usually somebody that stands for individual solutions. I believe when you put the onus on an individual person, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, turn the water off when you're brushing your teeth. Like, yeah, sure. It's a great thing to do, but I've never believed in that in terms of making effective and widespread social change. But I think for vegetarianism and veganism, you do actually make a huge difference. It's a huge impact that you're contributing to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's one of the, as soon as you figured out the alternatives and like have some information about what to eat instead, then I think it's a really easy change to achieve such a big turnout, right? It's not just for your health, it's for the animals, for the environment, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's and included. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll come right back to that. We're just going to take a short break and we'll be right back to talk about whether veganism can be intersectional. Yep. Welcome back to Wake the F Up on 101.5 UMFM, your local feminist radio show with your host, Christina, and our special guest, Clara, today. Today, we're asking the question, can veganism be intersectional? So to continue our discussion, there's some topics we're going to dive deep in the next couple minutes. But first, I really wanted to ask the question, does our society have a value judgment on human lives being more valuable than animal lives? And like, I know the the quick (laughs) response to that, like, yeah, obviously. But I think I really wanted to hash this out because I know that, and possibly a lot to do with the reasons that we just discussed, you know, we discussed the classism aspect of it, the, you know, the culture aspect of it and, and others. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's some part of me that for some reason has found, and I think I'm not alone here, there's some, and coming from a vegetarian myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I take this very seriously, and, you know, you know this. People find animal rights activism hokey. 
And I've been really trying to hammer down, like, Mm -hmm. what is going on here? Like, is this some kind of thing, some artifact of patriarchal thought that we have embedded in us? And I'm I'm really thinking that it is because we know that our Mm -hmm. society values exerting power over other beings, you know, whether that's men exerting power over women or white people exerting power over indigenous people like i actually think this is it's a tough kind of activism on different levels exactly and i think it's a colonial thing because i actually remember once um i was attending this talk by kim Tallbear. we've talked about her on the show on Mm -hmm. the show before she's you know an indigenous activist she talks a lot about more than monogamy but she talks about a lot of things Mm -hmm. and i remember her talking a lot about how in, colon- in settler colonial culture, we actually value humans more than animals. And she made a lot of reference to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the culture that she comes from, that's not the case at all. And animals are valued just as much. So I think I think that is an artifact of colonial thought, like just an additional reason that we have such a hard time yeah. talking about animal rights. It's maybe still this manifested thought that people like to have that they feel superior because they have this specific DNA. They're white, cis, male, and not just distinct from women, but also in their state as a human. Yeah. Right? So it'll still be a hard way to accept that even other species can be just as valuable as us and still need a lot more rights than they're now given to. Yeah, that's a really, really good point overcoming this society's mm-hmm. impulse to be exerting power over other things. So in addition to all the other things we discussed, overcoming that internalized aspect of colonialist thought. Yeah. That, you know, but I think if you start getting into feminism, then at least you hopefully learn that it goes beyond not just women being oppressed, but like all the intersections included. Women of color, queer minorities, the poor and the disabled, Hopefully, you you don't just stop there, but you also realize then why do we do the distinction between animals and humans as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point, and that's been a hard thing for me to digest in the past, but I think I'm really getting on board with that. Mm -hmm. We do have a value judgment of humans over animals, and I think that's that's pretty messed up. I think it's wrong. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So how was it for you? Were you more prone to sympathize with animals because you already had this compassionate mindset through feminism? That's a really good question. I like how you're turning this around on me. Um, uh, Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that probably made it easier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because for me, it was probably the way around. I know, was, it was it? It was the other <laughs> way around, yeah. Because, yeah, I was always an animal lover, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was the only child out there in my entire village that I knew that was that was vegetarian. And I was never a big fan of humans, to be honest. <laughs> um, I always thought, well, I'll be helping the animals, and that's, that's what I kind of devote my energy to. So that's that's my part. Like I can't fix everything, you know. That's so funny. yeah, humans have to figure out how they manage their politics and whatnot. But like, I wanted to help the the most innocent ones, the, the ones that don't have any power and can't raise their voices at all. Yeah, there's that undying compassion towards animals I was speaking of. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but then I started realizing actually, like I'm standing up so much for 
inequalities between humans and animals, well, maybe I should grant my own species a bit more attention as well <laughs> and like look at there's still a lot of inequalities just in our society going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree. I think the, you know, the answer lies in being able to acknowledge all of the inequalities because that's how mm -hmm. we become intersectional and of exactly. course that that's an important step in towards being vegan and yeah. towards veganism i would say it's an it's an extension an extension of feminism yeah i think you're absolutely right and i think that's really well said mm -hmm. i read this article lately about parallels of feminism and veganism mm -hmm. and it also made me aware that it's not just the meat industry but actually the dairy and ag industry that also has parallels there. Mm -hmm. If you look at how the mothers are treated in specific, mm -hmm. um, if you look at how cows are exploited and only seen as as objects, like in general, animals, yeah. farm animals seen as objects, but yeah. specifically the mothers are just seen as birth machines to provide us with what we need or whatnot, mm -hmm. which is the male is not needed at all. So that's being taken away from the cows while the mothers are only used for, for giving milk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can see that same phenomenon still happening unfortunately today where women are valued for their ability to produce humans exactly yeah yeah uh, or still controlled in their rights on deciding reproductive rights yeah absolutely on deciding if they want to produce or reproduce or not yeah so that's another great example of how this is you know all interconnected in mm -hmm. our male and colonial and patriarchal centric yep. society and it all makes sense why why it actually is the way it is unfortunately yeah yeah absolutely why don't we talk a bit about why animals are actually closer to us than we think sure like i think it's it's such a maybe for a lot of people too sentimental to even want to dive into that but mm -hmm. i always like the connection that's made to how incredibly intelligent animals actually can be and how like there's some statistics that cows can remember faces for years mm -hmm. uh, did you have like a list there i do yeah like cows can remember faces for years and often have a group of friends that they prefer to hang out with they definitely show emotions they show that they love their young they they moan for their young cry for them if they they're not together oh, it's just like the story from that ellie told us about the gentle barn that was what made us cry it yeah was, she had a video of a mother that was separated from her calf and they figured out that that's why she was crying exactly and then they were reunited they were reunited luckily yeah it uh, was most touching okay i'm gonna um, cry again Please and, keep and same for chicken uh they can also recognize up to 100 other birds like i cannot even <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know if I have that many friends. Um, and they can pass knowledge down to their children. They can count up to 10. I know that pigs can be as smart as a four-year-old human. Much more intelligent than dogs, for sure, actually. <laughs> and fish, like often against common rumor. Fish, Very common. Fish yeah. do have a nervous system, so they do feel pain and exactly. they suffer. Yes. And so many people don't want to acknowledge that probably because they love fishing. Because catch and release is such a widespread sport. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, we're not affecting their population. You know, we're throwing them right back. Yeah, with a hole in their face. And yes, yeah. they felt that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a really important set of points. So that relates right back to our first chant, actually. How yeah. animals want to raise their families just like us. They want to, what else is on there? Feel pain, they feel just, pain like just like us. feel pain just like us. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's really they important. They want to, to live. Yeah, like for sure. Yeah, even more more so than us, probably, I think. Yeah. <laughs> than, than some of us. Yeah, like, there's no suicidal animals, is there? I, you know what? I They all want to live. I, I believe it. I actually have no idea. Okay. I, I don't think... Please let us know if your pet is suicidal, but... Yeah, as someone who wrote a thesis on fish psychology, I have to stick with the oh. empirical answer and say that we would have to do much more research to know if animals probably, can be suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah (laughs) but i i I get your point Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely well i think uh another point some people say that it can be hard to become vegetarian due to social tradition and i think Mm -hmm. this one was pretty easy to kind of argue against because uh, some people say oh well you know you're expected to eat the turkey for thanksgiving dinner and Mm -hmm. i'm just like and like i'll hear this from feminists and it's pretty quickly shut down because i'll just be like okay did that stop you from coming out as queer to your family? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, no, good point. Yeah, it's still so ingrained in our our daily lives, right, that people don't even question it. It's just this set of traditions that's part of your, your culture. Mm-hmm. It can be challenged, just like any other aspect it that can. we like to challenge. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely one of the reasons that's holding people back the most. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're yeah they're just afraid of what are my friends what are my friends going to say and like even eating together that's such a social thing yeah social thing yeah yeah, yeah even yesterday like I went to dim sum and mm-hmm. there were zero vegetarian items and then I had to go and be like okay so how are we going to modify one of these items exactly and then <laughs> you don't want to be the special one for which everyone has to wait and mm-hmm. like modify your food the entire group is annoyed yeah i get that i get mm-hmm. that 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 can be frustrating i don't think it's a reason to like that in itself i wouldn't say is a reason to to stop no because yeah. i yeah you yeah. know i'll say that about any patriarchal thing ever so yeah <laughs> um but what did you find was like the thing that kept you motivated over the time to stay vegetarian yeah um that my reasons for continuing to be a meat or eater when you called attention to them were surprisingly weak. <laughs> True. Their arguments are pretty bad also, right? They were bad. Like when you actually start, like mm-hmm. you sat me down and you were like asking me the specific reasons why I was still eating meat. Mm-hmm. And I think it came down to literally my biggest one was everyone else does it. Yeah. It's just group pressure. Which yeah. I'm like, how is that a good motivator? Mm-hmm. That has not been my reason for anything else. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I like about vegan activism. It's actually, once you know your facts, you know you're just standing up for something that's backed up by science, that's definitely saving a lot of lives, doing something good for the climate. Like, there's just... There's no downside. Can, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You can block every argument with that. Yeah, that's a really good point. As a conclusion, I would just say that as a feminist, you're hopefully striving for equality. So not like we would gain satisfaction if we're superior to men, right? But No, the common myth. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we just fight for equality, just for basic rights, which mm-hmm. should not be mentioned and should not be questioned anymore. And so if we want to fight inequality, then it shouldn't stop with just looking at humans we shouldn't neglect animals as well as compassion doesn't just end with humans really well said thanks 
thank you thank you thank you so much clara for coming on this show and hashing this out with me i've you know we mentioned it only briefly on the on the show before but i was really glad to sit down and go through all of this oh it's so sweet i'm so happy i long-lastingly inspired you to this and you're still motivated and even active now with me at the (laughs) animal rights march if you want to do something for the environment for the animals then Mm -hmm. yeah actually tomorrow is the the climate strike exactly Mm -hmm. climate strike really important even though you're not vegetarian or vegan or you don't recycle and whatnot it's always important to (laughs) go out there just raise your voice just show your presence and if you're not one of those people who wants to go out there then there's also a lot you can just do by media activism just sharing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sharing those articles on your social media does Mm -hmm. a lot it spreads yeah or make more vegetarian vegan choices yourself exactly just just once a week silent protest yeah try like a a challenge of just once a week you have a meat-free day or something if you can yeah if you can for sure Absolutely. That sounds great. Um, If you have any comments or suggestions for future shows, be sure to check out our Instagram or Twitter. They're both wake the F up, umfm.com. And you can also, Clara, do you want to share your Instagram? Sure. It's Clarktica, like Arctic, but you know. Do you want to spell that out? It's C-L-A-R-C-T-I-C-A. Perfect. Yeah. And another reminder, if you're interested in checking out all the cool businesses that were featured at Winnipeg Veg Fest last week, their Instagram is Winnipeg Veg Fest and they've linked all of their businesses there. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a cool thing to check out. Um, and we're going to end out with another uh, lovely animal rights song called Freedom Bound. Enjoy and catch you next week. On Enjoy. Week. Go vegan. <laughs> The streets with justice, we are freedom bound. song up is by a music artist known as Ariane Moffat. She's a Quebecois singer-songwriter and she's also known for some vegetarian activism so enjoy her song called Manco. Faire avec mon corps l'exciter, l'exhiber ou encore lui donner 
faire 